Yeah. It's for Harlem. Silk City. Fado, what up? Mills, what up? Rest in peace, Nod. Star Trek. Top down, Zonda scream, hallelujah, I'm the king, I'm the ruler. Got the rail up in Harlem, chillin' on the crate with a block of shooters. Beach chair on the block. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And hey, bro, it's hoodie season, man. It's hoodie season. Go get your Unpopular Podcast merch, hoodies, sweaters, long sleeves. The link is in the description below. I'm glad I can start busting out my unpopular podcast hoodies again. Go get your hoodies today. But here's where we'll start. So the most important, the biggest news out of football, honestly, uh, and it really wasn't covered as the biggest news. I'm just considering the biggest news happened on Sunday, and it was with Calvin Ridley. So Calvin Ridley announced on Twitter or socials that he will be stepping away from the Falcons, stepping away from the game of football for mental health reasons. And while it wasn't everybody, right, it wasn't everybody, but people were killing him. You know, how could you step away from your team like that? Or you make all that money. How are you stepping away you better suck it up and play, making millions upon millions of dollars. Here's the thing that I appreciate about today. What I appreciate about today is athletes are starting to, athletes, entertainers, anybody of higher stature are starting to take mental health seriously. You know, you, you hear Naomi Osaka, uh, Lane Johnson, I believe, just did an interview with Taylor or just did an interview with somebody about um, mental health. Uh, you hear Hayden Hurst talk about it. In the NBA, you hear Kevin Love talk about it, DeMar DeRozan. Mental health is important. And the thing that I, I think that's not really stressed enough is that people, social media gets people confused about some things. Social media... What social media is, is is pretty much meant for, of course, is to connect, of course. You get a peek into my life, or I give people a peek into my life with social media. Whatever I put on social media, whatever so somebody else puts on social media, you get a peek into that person's life. The problem is, though, people think just because I give you a peek, you know that person. Just because a person's on TV, you know that person, and that's not the case. Hell, people can make millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. I will never know what they go through unless they tell us. And what Calvin Ridley is telling us, seeing as though he is a very important piece for the for the Atlanta Falcons, pretty much their number one wide receiver, he's telling us that he is struggling with something. He is dealing with something, and he needs to step away from the game. It's not it's not conducive to his mental health. It's not conducive, conducive to his mental well-being. He needs to step away. And for that, I applaud him. I applaud him because a lot of people see the money. A lot of people see the, 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 the number one responsibility you have is to make sure that you are okay. 
I think a lot of people get that confused. The number one responsibility anybody has in this world is to make sure that yourself is okay. And that's what Calvin Ridley is doing. P- Again, it's not everyone because I have seen a lot of people come out and support Calvin Ridley. Like his team came out and supported him and everything. But the people that's not, you have to understand, we don't know these people. You don't know me. I don't know you. We don't know what Calvin Ridley goes on a daily basis. And quite as it's kept, once you start making a lot more money, I'm realizing, well, I'm not realizing, but you should know that a lot more problems come people's way, especially when you're living in the limelight. I love the fact that today, in today's world, even though we still don't, I'm not going to say, we don't really respect mental health because people can clamor and talk about mental health, but on the same time, bash somebody for doing what they want to do or bash somebody for having to step away from the game that they love. Do you know how hard it is to step away from a game that you love? Step away from anything that you love? So... I'm here for Calvin Ridley. I hope that you go get the help that you need. I hope that whatever you're struggling with, you're able to attack, you're able to to overcome. I appreciate the Falcons organization by coming out and saying we support Calvin Ridley. I appreciate I appreciate his team. I appreciate the people that's coming out in support of Calvin Ridley cuz the thing that people don't understand about mental health is you know, it while it is mental and while you know you are it is yourself you, you do need a good support system and i hope that that's what he has um again I, it's it's not important about why what he's struggling with why he, as in it's not important to me it's not important to anybody else outside of calvin ridley and his family so you know i appreciate and i applaud that he was able to make the or take the necessary steps to really attack whatever's going on with him uh so you know oh man So moving forward, you know, they say in trades, right? In fact, it's almost, you never really get equal value in a trade. Does That, that does not mean that just because you get a star means that you automatically won the trade, but you never get equal value for a trade. You never get equal value for Let's just say you do get a star, right? It doesn't matter if you get draft picks. It doesn't matter if you get a whole bunch of players. You have the star. You have the best player out of this transaction. Now, some cases that's not true, but a lot of cases it is true. Cases that is not true, right? Look at the Carmelo Anthony trade. When Carmelo Anthony was traded to New York from Denver. New York had to give up, you know, Gallinari, uh, a whole bunch of players, a whole bunch of picks for Melo. Well, yes, they got Melo, and in the end, they were probably happy with what they got. 
they had to give up a ransom, and, and they had to give up so much that once Melo got there, the team wasn't that good. Well, Melo, you know, Melo did what he had to do. He had Iman Shumpert. He had uh, uh, Tyson Chandler. He had uh, R.J. 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 Smith. But they gave up so much, they really weren't able to compete at a high, like, you know, Carmelo did his thing. And in that case, you know, they, they, they got what they wanted. They wanted Carmelo. They got Carmelo. But they weren't able to really make some noise in the West Eastern Conference because they gave up so much for Melo. Look at uh, the Russell Westbrook trade. Russell Westbrook traded to uh, the, the, the Lakers. Washington got Montrez, Harold, uh, Kuzma, and KCP. Now, on the service, like you're giving away Russell Westbrook, Triple Double King, um, high energy, one of the 75 best players ever. You're giving up Russell Westbrook. But if you look, Kuzma is, is averaging a double-double right now. Montrez Harold is averaging a double-double right now. KCP is a good 3 and D player, even though he'd be making some decisions. I'd be like, bro. But the Wizards are, what, 5-2 and two right now? That was not an equal trade. Now, both teams got what they wanted. Washington got a whole bunch of really solid role players. The Lakers got the, the point guard that they wanted. It's just because you get what you want doesn't mean it's an equal trade. Why am I why am I saying this? So the Rams trade two sec like a second round and a third round pick in 2022 draft for Von Miller. Um and what I like, what you, what you what you see what you see a lot is you have two types of teams. You have a team that just goes for it, or a team that doesn't go for it. <laughs> now understand that 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 sounds I, I kind of you know made it sound simplistic, but look at all the teams that we we always talk about. Wow, they got a thousand draft picks. When you listen, when you hear those teams. You don't really think like like OKC. OKC has so many draft picks. That's that's the running joke. OKC has like a thousand and one draft picks for the next five to ten years. But you look at OKC today. Are they any closer in winning a championship? No. Look at look at NFL teams, man. Look at the Jaguars. The Jaguars always trying to go for pick number one or have gone for pick number one to three for a while now. And are the Jaguars anywhere closer to winning a championship or winning a Super Bowl? No. But look at some of the big teams. Golden State really don't got no 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 draft picks. Milwaukee. And another thing about draft picks on good teams. Like let's look at the Bucks. You look at you look at this team. No, you know what? Let's not look at the Bucks. Let's go with the Rams. You get Von Miller, right? Do you think? And they have Lloyd. They have Aaron Donald. They have Jalen Ramsey on the offensive side of the ball. They have Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Robert Wood. Uh, once he gets healthy again, they have um. Oh, what's what's his name? The running back. I forgot his name, but they do have Daryl Henderson. Uh, Cam Akers, I'm sorry. I apologize for, for forgetting your name. 
Do you think that those that the the second and third round pick that they traded for Von Miller? Do you think that they would make or they would be a, a, a immediate impact? They could. They could. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you can't find the gym in the second or third round, especially in the NFL. But do you think that with the with the roster that they have, the Rams, do you think that that second and third round pick would make a bigger impact than Von Miller? Now, I understand that Von Miller is not the Von Miller of old. But the thing is, the Rams don't need him to be the Von Miller of old. If he is if the if he goes if he goes into a time a, a time machine and goes back to the Von Miller before the injuries started or before the injuries, that's that's just a different level. But you're not getting the Von Miller of old. But that doesn't matter. The Rams don't need the Von Miller of old. They need the Von Miller of today. When you have Von Miller on the same line as Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, by the way, that still is demanding double and triple teams. Now you have Von Miller on the other side. You see, again, you really only hear. You really only hear about. One, they pretty much get Von Miller for free, because I remember when I saw him like, yo, how the hell do they do the Rams keep doing this? How do they keep getting big players? Apparently, with the, you know the 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 Broncos are pretty much paying most of their most, if not all, of Von Miller's contract. So you're pretty much getting a player in Von Miller for free if you're the Rams. Good teams always find a way to do this. Good teams know how to manipulate the cap. Good teams know how to to get player or or make good trades. Good teams are usually uh, aggressive with it. Good teams don't want to rest on their laurels. Good teams don't want to rest on draft picks. Because I can I can already assure you that whatever second or third round pick that the Rams gave up for Von Miller it's not going to be Von Miller. So what does this what does this what does this trade mean for both sides? Let's start with the Rams. Again, they're not thinking about the future. And I think that a lot of it's important, don't get me wrong. It's important to think about the future. You don't want to have a uh uh, a Brooklyn Nets situation when they had Deron Williams, uh, Paul Pierce. You don't want to think about that. You, sometimes it's good to think about the future a little bit, but you don't want to bank your whole current situation on the future. Like OKC, they have so many draft picks. While yes, Shea Gilgis Alexander's good. Lou Dort is a good defender. They don't really. They're not really built for today. They and they don't plan on winning today. If they start winning today, I'm almost sure you they're gonna start taking because they're they're trying to build for the future. That's not again, you can't you can't always sacrifice your now for the future. Or your your now can't sacrifice, can't be drastically sacrificed for the future. The Rams are not thinking about they're thinking about the present. They've already been to a Super Bowl. While they didn't win, they've already been to the Super Bowl. When you have a player when you have a player, when you have players as good as Matthew Stafford, as good as Cooper Cup, as good as uh, Aaron Donald, as good as Jalen Ramsey, you want to win now. Not only are they still younger players, you want to utilize their primes. Because it would be a shame if a team this good only wins once or only makes it to one Super Bowl, let alone wins, only makes it to one Super Bowl. Now, does this mean that they're going to make the Super Bowl? I don't know. I, I predicted that they would before. 
And I think that getting Von Miller is just going to add to that. Because remember, I told you this defense has struggled mightily this year. Aaron Donald has not struggled. Jalen Ramsey has not struggled. Lloyd, to a certain extent, really hasn't struggled. But the defense as a whole just has not been on the right page. They have not. They have not been good. And you bring a a, a, a former Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion, like Von Miller. Like that just opens up a whole new degree for this defense. Because now offensive lines have to while you you're like, all right, yo, all we really gotta worry about is is double teaming or triple teaming Aaron Donald. Now you have Von Miller coming on the other side. I think that this primely puts them into in position to be right now, I think they are the well, you can kind of rival between them and Green Bay right now. They are pretty much the cream of the crop in the NFC. They're most definitely the best team in my, mm. See, that's still hard. When I was about to say the NFC West, but that's still hard because you have the Arizona Cardinals. But I do think that this this move was made to win a, a Super Bowl. Now, you did hear them say that they're going to try to re-sign him as as Von Miller, but this make they you're seeing a problem. You see the problem with the team, and that is their defense has not really caught up, or their defense has not been good this year. Let me not say caught up. Their defense has not been good this year. So what you're doing is you're bringing in players like Von Miller to attack your biggest weakness. So this is why I think that, that you know, Sean McVay got Jared Goff. And we'll talk about that in a second. Sean McVay got Jared Goff to a Super Bowl. Now, what do you think he's going to – now you have Matthew Stafford. Now you have Von Miller. Now you have Aaron Donald. Like, this was a big trade for the Rams and for the for for the for the Broncos. I kind of understand. I under, You know, it's not kind of – I understand. The Broncos' problem isn't defense, it's offense. They don't have an explosive offense. Even though you have explosive players like Judy, like Court and Sutton, uh, Sutton like uh, Melvin Gordon, you don't have a quarterback. You don't really have an explosive offense. While your defense is still good, even without Von Miller, your defense is still good. Well, no, it's not as good without Von Miller than it would be with Von Miller. But you still have a good defense. And that, that the, the Broncos is a team that thinks, all right, well, we're not winning a championship or we're not winning a Super Bowl. Let's just... You know, and and Von Miller, while he's expensive, because right now, uh, I think the Rams with Von Miller, with Jalen Ramsey, with Aaron Donald, have three of the top ten most expensive defensive players on 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 one team. Yet again, the Broncos are paying, still paying the Von Miller ticket, but the Broncos are thinking, well, you know, we're not we're not that good with Von Miller, and that's no indictment to Von Miller. It's just they're not that good. Let's see if we can get – draft picks in the NFL is a lot more coveted than draft picks in the NBA because in the NBA, you, outside maybe the top four, three or four, there's only a couple. Like, you're, you're not really going to get a lot of Draymond Greens. You're not going to get a lot of Giannis's. you know, people that kind of hit late in the draft. <clears throat> so, in the NFL, it's different. You, you can get a hell – I know it's an anomaly, but you can get a, a, a Tom Brady in a six-round pick. You can get players in second, third, fourth-round picks. So I understand both ways. Ron Miller was getting expensive, even though they're still paying the pick, 
the ticket. Von Miller was expensive, and you're not winning with him, even though they did just win against Washington. You're not winning with him, really, or you're not anywhere closer to a Super Bowl. You need a you need you need a quarterback, and that's no that is sort of an indictment to 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 Teddy Bridgewater. So I understand both sides. You know, the Rams are win now mode, uh, the, and they're not really they're going to try to resign Von Miller, but. They're, they're trying to win now. When you have the pieces that they have, when you make the moves that they have, trading a, a quarterback that you got in the top three. Or was it? I think there was a number one, number one and number two overall pick. You trade him to get Matthew Stafford. A lot you know, Matthew Stafford to me is 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 an an incredible upgrade. Even when you look at what we're seeing from Matthew Stafford right now and look at what we're seeing from, from Jared Goff. It's a huge difference. You 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 give you re up on Jalen Ramsey. You give you know you sell Aaron Donald. I understand why you would want to go for it now and should go for it now. I'm not saying don't like you should go for it now, and that's what they're doing with this Von Miller trade. And the 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 Broncos, they they don't. I don't think they see themselves anywhere closer to a Super Bowl with Von Miller and without. So it's just like all right. Our defense is still good without Von Miller. No, no indictment to Von Miller. Let's try to work. Let's let's try to get some draft picks in. Let's see if we can make some trades to get some offensive players in. As far as maybe a quarterback, because you're not going to get a quarterback unless you go get like uh, what Cam Newton. You're not really going to get a quarterback now. So let's see what that second and third round pick matriculates into as far as the Broncos. So, but that's that's the Von Miller trade, man. That's the Von Miller trade. Moving forward, oh man, injuries hit hard on week eight, man. Injuries hit hard. Let's start with the biggest one. And and I'm not going to say biggest one as far as, you know, one, inj- one injury is, is bigger than the other. No. Uh, I, I take, you know, every, every, you know, everybody's body different. Injuries are, are big. So I, I'm not minimizing one injury to increase another. I'm just going to talk about one first. So, But let's talk about the Derrick Henry injury. So Derrick Henry has a foot injury. I think it's a Jones fracture, I believe. Um, the initial report says he's probably going to miss the the remainder of the season. He has successive surgery. Now he's come out saying that he's going to miss six to ten weeks. Six is very early. Ten is so they're probably around maybe eight or nine meaning that he could come around uh, toward the end of the season, but there's only 17 weeks in the season. We're on week eight. That means if he does come back, more than likely it'll be probably either the last game until the playoffs or the playoffs. Derrick Henry's injury is seismic for the Titans. Now, yes, you have – Reports saying they did bring in a Adrian Peterson. I think Adrian Peterson is definitely going to be uh, – he'll be good. I don't think – I know. You don't have to – I know. Here's the thing. <laughs> I love Adrian Peterson, man. Adrian Peterson will go down as one of the, one of the greatest uh, running backs we've ever seen. Adrian Peterson has the numbers. He has the cachet. I understand that. I Great. I get it. But a lot of pe- every time people start talking about Adrian Peterson, all we talk about is what ha- you know with the with the Minnesota Vikings. Don't get me wrong, very good. One again, one of the greatest running backs to ever play. And I'm not here minimizing. Uh, I'm not here minimizing 
Adrian Peterson. Do not hear me think. Do not watch me. Listen to me. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to any DSP that you're listening to, by the way. <laughs> do not hear me say that Adrian Peterson's career is garbage. I'm not saying that. But let's be honest. People, pe they were really trying to big up yesterday or the other day that you're, we're getting Adrian Peterson. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's he's gonna, he's gonna keep the tide afloat with Derrick Henry out. We're getting the Adrian Peterson, the Minnesota Adrian Peterson, the Minnesota bro. Min, we haven't seen the Minnesota Adrian Peterson since 2015-16. What are you talking about? <laughs> now again. Adrian Peterson is going to be good. I think he's going to be okay. I just we know, he's not anywhere close to Derrick Henry at least right now in their career. And this is why I said that it's seismic. This is why I said that this injury to Derrick Henry is seismic, not only for the Titans but for the AFC. Let's just start with the Titans. The Titans' whole game plan is built around Derrick Henry. Now, I'm not saying that Ryan Tannehill is garbage, and I'm not saying they don't have other players because you still have A.J. Brown. When healthy, you still have Julio Jones. But this team was built around Derrick Henry and the fear of Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was on pace to rush over 2,000 yards this year. Derrick Henry is one of the most physically dominant running backs that we've seen maybe ever team going into playing the titans team's game plan is one thing stop or hope to contain derrick henry derrick henry is the mission and now that 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 Cog is gone at least for six to ten weeks and yes you still have Adrian Peterson but there's a reason why they were able to get Adrian Peterson Adrian Peterson was at home chilling I'm not saying I'm and that's no disrespect to Adrian Peterson but it's true if Adrian Peterson was still this great of a player Adrian Peterson would be on the team they were able to get him because he was at home chilling well, yes, he had some productive plays for the for the for the Detroit Lions last year. He wasn't good enough to stay on a roster, by the way. That is 0-8. He had some productive moments for the Washington football team. He really didn't have many productive moments for the Saints. So the seismic for the Titans, because now you don't have that. Now teams can scheme you teams don't really have to worry about the run like that that was the biggest calling card for the titans stop the run meaning that now you have one-on-ones and you have more opportunities for aj brown now you have more one-on-ones and more opportunities for julio jones because teams are always crowd the box teams biggest plan game plan is to stop derrick henry and even if Derrick Henry, those games where Derrick Henry might have 100 rushing yards or 85 rushing yards, he still had a very productive and positive game because he was able to dictate the defense. He was able to say, all right, we are going, 
you know, I'm going to the 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 fear that Derrick Henry can bust out a 70 yard or an 80 yard run is the reason why teams are never going to to let up on the trying to stop the run from Derrick Henry. So again, it it allows you know Ryan Tannehill, it allows AJ Green, I mean AJ Brown, I'm sorry, it allows Julio Jones to get open a lot more, or or allow Ryan Tannehill to get those players open. You don't have that safety net anymore. Derrick Henry was probably one of the biggest safety nets in the AFC. And now he's gone, which kind of brings over to what happens with the AFC. The Titans right now, I think, are leading in the AFC. And they have a tough schedule moving forward, man. Especially a tough schedule when you think about the defenses that they have to play. It it's going it's it's going to be tough sledding because again this whole team this team is built around Derrick Henry is built around the 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 run game and if you don't have the run game it's like like think about it let me let me go let me go to it hell the next game <laughs> on Sunday they play the Rams then they play the Saints two really good defenses go to week 12 they play the Patriots go to week 15 they play the Steelers week 16 the 49ers like that's 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 tough all really good defenses so this is that side that's huge for the Tennessee Titans I'm not saying that the you know they're they're six and two right now and again Derrick Henry can come back from six to ten weeks <clears throat> excuse me I know they're saying that six weeks is early but you don't know a person's body hell Derrick Henry is pretty much like a freak so Hell, look at Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant ruptures, and I know they're completely different injuries. Don't get me wrong. But all we heard was Kevin Durant ruptures his Achilles. He's not going to come back the same. He's not going to be that good. Or I'm not going to say he's not going to be that good, but he's not going to come back the same. Kevin Durant, the dominant Kevin Durant, one of the best players in the league, one of the best players in the world, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant comes back. He he looks like he's playing better. In fact, he is playing better than he did before the Achilles rupture. So you never know a player. You never know the body. I hope that Derrick Henry comes back um, better than ever. And, you know, if it is in six weeks, if it even if it's seven, eight weeks, I, I just hope, you know, a person that big, that strong, that fast, you know, I, a foot is very important. So. And it's it's big for the AFC because again, man, right now the Titans are I think leading the AFC. Or yeah, so what what happened? Now that you you give room for other teams, man. So like, you give room for a team like the Bills to come up, a team like the Chargers, maybe not saying to lead, but you give room for a team teams like I don't I, like. Uh, talk about the Chiefs in a minute but you give you give room for the the Bengals even though we'll talk about them in a minute too so it, it's, it's unfortunate and it's, it's unfortunate but I you know damn it's unfortunate and I again I hope for a speedy recovery for Derrick Henry another huge injury was Jameis Winston Jameis Winston tears his ACL on Sunday and he's out for the season. This is big. This is huge for the Saints because the Saints, their other quarterback or their backup quarterback, Taysom Hill, is already out as well. 
So now they are saying that he's probably he's possible to come back on Sunday, but James Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. He is a Swiss Army knife. He's able to do a lot of things, but if you think that he is going to 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 he's not, he's not the throw he's not a he's he he's not the throw of the football that Jason or Jameis Winston is, and it's unfortunate because you know Jameis Winston was. He was getting better, and him being out definitely, I mean, definitely darts. Because, I mean, Trevor Simeon, I think they have Trevor. Now, Trevor Simeon did, you know, come big against Tom Brady and the and the Bucks. So we'll talk about that in a second as well. But I don't think that, as, as we've seen when he was with the Broncos, I don't think Trevor Simeon is the, the piece. I don't think tyson hill when he's back is the piece so i think that this is huge uh this is huge for the saints um not, not to mention again you already have michael michael thomas out now they are saying that he could come back in uh a couple weeks but you already have michael thomas out and this is a team that's already struggling and and i'm not gonna say struggling already trying to find their balance so not having Jameis winston your quarterback is huge and now and, and I don't know what it is, man. The Saints have already come out and said that they're not going to try to go get Cam Newton. Like, what is going on? There has to be something that I don't know or that the 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 watching public does not know about Cam. Because you've seen Washington that has and we'll talk about them when we do, when we do the week 8 breakdown. We've seen Washington, they've struggled. And he has a relationship with or former relationship with Ron Rivera. You've seen the Jets, you've seen uh the Saints, you've seen the Houston Texans. All these teams could use a quarterback and not even could use need a quarterback. And almost every one of those teams have come out and said yeah, we're going to pass on Cam. I understand that Cam Newton, he's he's different. I understand that, you know, he, you, he's not just one of those plug-and-play people. Like, you're going to have to build the offense around him. And I understand that that's hard to do in week eight. I, I get that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not naive in thinking that. But when your starting quarterback goes out, i.e. Washington, i.e. the Saints, i.e. the Houston Texans, i.e. The 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 uh the Jets, hell, or your 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 starting quarterback isn't really up to par, i.e. the Broncos. Why would you not entertain that? It doesn't. I don't know, but I do hope. Back to Jameis Winston, I do hope that he has his. You know, he comes back healthier than ever. He was. Uh, I mean, Jameis Winston was. He was having a decent season. Let me just say that. he was having a good season, and. He was, I mean, a team that was four and three, I believe now. A team that's five and two. I apologize. He, while I don't think that the Saints would win a Super Bowl, I do think that you know his his play was getting better, his decision making was getting better, and they could have made some noise in the playoffs. I think that I don't. I think that this is this is too much. Their defense is still good. Don't get me wrong. You still have Alvin Kamara, and you can build the offense around Alvin Kamara. But Alvin Kamara hasn't really had the best season, anyways. So I don't know. I hope that I hope for nothing but speedy recovery from De- from James Winston. And I think that this this injury could because again, when you have when looking on the horizon, even with Taysom Hill coming back, I don't think that this team without a quarterback is good enough 
or without a quarterback that can really throw the ball consistently, is good enough to sustain that five and two record and make it to the playoffs, especially in the NFC when NFC is is a gauntlet, man. So, cause you, yeah, so it sucks. And 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 lastly, well, I mean, there was players that get hurt all the time, but uh, Danielle Hunter uh, tore his pectoral muscle probably out for the season for the Vikings. He was, I mean, he was one of the best defensive players in the league. I think he he was definitely ranked in the top uh, 100. I think it was like 40 or something. And that's huge, especially from a Vikings team that has struggled defensively. He has been their best defender. Uh, and they're already dealing with injuries on that side of the ball. So getting, you know, losing Hunter, it's, it's, it's huge. Uh, it's, 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 it's it's big and again I, I i don't know i don't know how what the recovery time is for torn pectoral but i hope that he he's able to come back healthy cuz he again he's a big part former pro bowler he's a big part of the team and a team that already struggles defensively he's their best part so they're just gonna, <laughs> yeah so I, I for Derrick Henry, Jameis Winston, uh Danelli Hunter all the players that got hurt, I hope you guys come back better than ever. Hope you guys come back healthy. These injuries are, are seismic, especially when we talk about, you know, Derrick Henry and Jameis Winston. No offense to Hunter, but these 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 injuries are going to shape or are going to you're going to look back and they're going to you're going to realize this is going to shape the way that or some teams that could or could not get in the playoffs, especially when we talk about the Saints um, and and the Titans. So we just have to wait to see. But you know, that's um, that's 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 that. So let's move forward. Let's let's give my week eight breakdown. Um, let's start with the game that surprised me the most, and it surprised me the most because going in. I didn't think when you all right. The game that surprised me the most was the Jets beat the Bengals thirty-one to thirty-four, or thirty-four to thirty-one. I apologize. The reason why this surprised me the most is because the Bengals. I think that this was a, a, a trap game. It was a trap game because, and I, I'm not saying that that doesn't absolve what happened, what the Bengals did, but it's a trap game because you just beat the you just beat the team that was the top of the AFC, and the, you destroyed the Ravens. I think they were probably looking looking past this game uh, because it's like this: is the Jets. I mean, the Jets are one and two, one and five, or one and six, one and five. Like you're looking past the Jets. It is what it is. What I did not expect, though, is you're still there. Like, you still have to play the game. I didn't expect, like, nobody really nobody really looked good. Joe Burrow, 21 for 34, 259 yards, even though he did have three touchdowns. He had an interception. Jamar Chase didn't really look that good. Nobody looked that good. The defense, their defense. Now, one thing that I think that we're – we're forgetting is we're seeing the success that the Bengals the Bengals are having and you know like I said they're they're beating 
quality teams. They beat the Steelers. They beat the Ravens. This team is still sort of in a rebuild. I'm not saying they're in a complete rebuild. They're not the 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 the, the, the Jags. But this team is still sort of in a rebuild. So they're not going to have it all together. Now, that's not absolving what they happened because, I, I mean, you beat the you beat the hell out of the Lions. That really shows you how bad the Lions are, honestly. But you beat the hell out of the Lions. I'm just thinking this is another one of them teams you just walk over. And I think they thought that, too. And shouts out to, to Mike White, man. That's another re- – I was surprised because Zach Wilson – and I'm not saying Zach Wilson's a world beater, but Zach Wilson was out. So I'm thinking, all right. Their starting quarterback is out. You're bringing this court, and no offense to him, but you're bringing this no name. Who the hell is Mike White? And Mike White comes in, has two interceptions, by the way. But Mike White comes in, thirty-seven for forty-five, four hundred and five yards. That man looked at the looked at the Bengals defense and said, oh, "Okay, today is my day." Like. That's crazy, man. Oh man, and it, he was he was hooping. He was hooping. Michael Carter, ninety-five receiving yards. Jameson Crowder, eighty-four. Eli, man. Shouts out to the Jets, man. I this is one of them things I did not predict right. I thought that they were. I mean, the Jets. I thought the Bengals. From what I was seeing from the Bengals. I thought the Bengals were going to just wipe the floor with them. Joe Burrow was they were just gonna do what they do and, and they were gonna win. I didn't expect Michael White to come in and put up four hundred and five yards. Even though the Bengals defense still isn't that good, I didn't think they were gonna come up and put put that many <laughs> that many yards on the Bengals. So shouts out to the Jets for beating the Bengals, man. The Titans beat the Colts thirty four thirty four to 31 and it goes back again it's not just the injury man it's and he i think he played the well no he was out he he did get hurt and left but it's carson wentz man carson wentz had two he had a pick six on one of the dumbest throws i've seen in my life then he had the 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 interception to end the game pretty much in overtime to put Tennessee Titans and to put the Tennessee Titans in field goal present field goal range and they lost the game like it's Carson Wentz man this team is as in the Colts is too good to uh. and the thing is was it Michael Pittman was going crazy it's just those moments man too many times Carson Wentz has those moments that cost them the game he had a pick six on one of the dumbest passes. Bro, just go. If you're not go down, throw it out of bounds. I know you're in the end zone. Throw it out of bounds. Don't, don't just don't just heave it like eh. Like this is the NFL, bro. And and I know it's easy for me to say I'm not in the NFL, but I know that you you don't throw a ball when you're already pretty much in your end zone. You don't throw it up for grabs. Five yards out the end zone. No, you're five yards in the end zone. You don't just throw it up for grabs. Like it doesn't make sense, bro. And and it costs you the game. It costs you the game. Oh man. And and Julio didn't even play. And and yeah. Shouts out to the Tennessee Titans, man. The Rams. 
Destru- now don't let this score for you. Don't let the score for you. It it was a lot worse. The Rams beat the Texans thirty eight to twenty two. Do not let it fool you. It, it all them twenty two points that the that the Houston Texans got were in were in garbage time. Like the Texans are garbage. They're they're. I mean, you trade away Mark Ingram. I think he goes back to the Saints. Talking about you want to build a team around Brandon Cooks. It, ah. The Rams did what they were supposed to do. Like, they destroyed this team. It was not even close. Uh, again, don't let that score fool you. I know it's still a 16-point game, but it's a lot, a lot worse than that. So, yeah, don't. The Texans suck. The, the Rams, Cooper Cut was humming. Uh, Matthew Stafford was, was, was firing on all cylinders. Man, it, yeah, no, nah, it, it, yeah. Shouts out to the Rams for beating the Texans. A big game, a big game this week, uh, probably one of the biggest games, honestly, was the Steelers against the Browns. The Steelers beat the Browns 15-10. to 10. Now, I don't know how the hell the Steelers are doing it. I do know how they're doing it. I just don't know. I just don't understand how they're doing it in 2021. The Steelers can't throw the ball, really, like at least downfield. They run an old-style offense. As far as, you know, you have Nikhil Harry, not Nikhil Harry, you have Najee Harris, I apologize. Give him the ball, take us home. Maybe throw, and even though they have really good threats, you have Johnson, you have uh, uh, you have Eric Ebron, you have Claypool. Just give it to Najee Harris because they understand that you know, uh, Big Ben ain't don't doesn't really have the arm strength to carry you offensively, and their defense is still, their defense is still crazy. So, but this was a big game for Baker Mayfield, and we talked about this before. But this was a big game for Baker Mayfield. Now, it's not all Baker Mayfield's fault. Uh, Jarvis Landry, he dropped three, dropped two big passes, and 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 got. Or had a fumble, so those are three huge plays. Uh, I don't know what the hell it is, man. I don't know why their connection is so horrible. But Odell Beckham Jr. only had two targets. Uh, caught one. Other one was kind of high. But this was a big game for Baker Mayfield. This was a big game for Baker Mayfield because this is a divisional rival. Uh, Case Keenum went out last game and, and balled out you're coming back from injury and this you know like I said you don't want to go into you don't want to give critics you don't want to give scouts you don't want to not scouts you don't want to give critics ammunition and I mean by that is you know they were going to say which they did what Case Keenum just won in case Keenum put up sort of identical numbers than, than Baker Mayfield so when Baker Mayfield comes back and they lose, now questions start to spiral. Like, that's not what you want to do, especially when you weren't that good. Now, I understand that you have a torn labrum, uh, but, yeah, I don't I, I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. I'm not saying that they're just going to let Baker Mayfield go or trade him or anything, but I do think that this was a big loss. I mean, again, this team, the Browns, that have the pieces that they have, should not be four and four. 
I'm not all putting it on Baker Mayfield, but this team should not be four and four. This team should be a lot better than four and four. So, yeah, I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the offense. I don't know. I do think that they need to trade. Now, I'm doing this. I'm shooting this before the trade deadline. Uh, they do need to trade Odell Beckham Jr. Not saying that he's a problem, but the connection with him and Baker Mayfield is off. Oh, the, at least get something for Odell because he's not a positive for your team right now. I don't. Again, it's it's just something with their connection, Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham. But I understand he's not the Odell Beckham of old due to injury. Like he is a step slower, but even a step slower, he's still an incredible wide receiver it's just they don't you don't give him he doesn't really get the ball so he just needs to go man and i I don't the brown the browns shouldn't hell there was people putting the browns in the super bowl there was with the moves that they made this offseason there were people putting the browns in the super bowl there were people putting the browns at at minimum in the afc championship and this team is now sitting at four and four and it's not just Baker, but Baker does have a part to play in that. The defense does. I mean, Miles Garrett is 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 doing all this Halloween stuff, bro. And Miles and Miles Garrett hasn't been bad. Don't get me wrong, but he hasn't been game changing. This team is four and four. And again, I said it before. Yet another team that um, oh, what's his name? That's and that's crazy. That I forgot the man's name. And 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 mm. another team that thought Jadavion Clowney was going to come and be a game changer, and he has not been. I completely like. He hasn't really done nothing, so. Yeah, man, the Eagles, yo. I'm starting to look at Sean McVay like like he might be the best. He might be the best coach in the league and that's even with a league that's a that's a league that has bill belichick pete carroll um yo and it could be dan campbell i don't know but sean mcveigh was able to take the rams to the super bowl with jared goff as their as their quarterback And this is the this is the same Jared Goff that is now leading the O in eight Lions. Jared Goff has looked horrible this entire year. I think he's only had one decent game. I think it was against the Ra- the Ravens. And, and he did have a, a a decent game against the uh let me say this. He had a decent half against the 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 Green Bay Packers. Jared Goff is is not good. This Lions team is not good. I don't know why. I keep betting for the Lions, man. I'm not saying betting money, but I, every time I do, this has been twice now. Maybe three. This has been three times, I think, where I have come in here on Saturday, gave my week prediction. And or gave my NFL prediction for that week, and I picked the Lions to beat a team. I thought they were going to beat the Bengals. I thought they were going to beat the Eagles. 
And they, bro, the, the Eagles are not. There's no way. The Eagles that we've seen this year, there's no way in heaven or hell this Eagles team is should have beat the Lions 44-6. to six. You gave up. You had to just give up. I mean, you had to give up. There's no way that the Eagles are 28 points, 28 points better than these than the Lions. The Eagles. It's I don't know, bro. Again, Jared Goff has not been good this year. Nobody has been good this year for the Lions. Oh man, it's just it's man. The Lions are so bad. The Lions may go 0-1, what, 17. Because the team that I thought that you had a chance to beat, the Bengals, that just lost to the Jets, the Eagles, you're getting destroyed by these teams. And even teams that you're not supposed to beat, that you're in the game, like the Ravens, like the, the Packers. You lose the Ravens. You lost because Lamar Jackson completed with a fourth, fourth and nineteen, and and uh, Justin Tucker kicked the longest kick in NFL history. You were in the game against the the Packers in the at half, and then second half, Aaron Rodgers said, "All right, let me let me let me let me stop playing with these kids." Lions suck, bro. <laughs> like I'm not. I don't like. Yeah, Lions garbage. Mm. The 49ers beat the Bears 33-22. to um, Jimmy G had a good game. He rushed for two yards, or no, two touchdowns. Had like 300-something yards, man. Um, I, Justin Fields played better than he did a week before, but he still didn't play that great. Um, and this, the defense kind of gave this one up. Justin Fields did have a really good run, probably one of the best runs of the year, uh, as in for the end zone. But the the Bears are three and five, and the Bears have played to be three and five. Again, Justin Fields did not play as bad as he did last week against the Bucks, but he you know he he didn't he didn't really have them spectacular moments outside of one. And the defense the defense folded, and and Jimmy G had a good game. So shout out to the Forty ers the Panthers beat the Falcons 19 to 13. Uh this really wasn't a spectacular game and the Panthers really aren't that good without Christian McCaffrey and I have come around to the error of my ways. I don't know if Sam Darnold is really it. Now he did leave with a concussion, so I hope that he gets back healthy, but the, the Panthers you beat a you beat a Falcons team that's defense is horrible. And, and the Panthers have a really good defense. Don't get me wrong. The Panthers have a really good defense. It's just, you know, Christian McCaffrey's out. And that's a, another big proponent uh, of why they were 3-0 three and, three and oh, is because of Christian McCaffrey. Not saying that he was a world beater or anything, but he was their best player till he got hurt. I think he got hurt maybe game two or three. Uh, but you beat a Falcons team that's horrible on defense, and you're, you know, the pant. Sam Darnold went out without with a concussion, but even when he was in, he wasn't like making any big moves. And uh, yeah, man, the Panthers, the, the defense has carried them. So, shout out to the Panthers. The Bills beat the Dolphins twenty six to eleven. 
Um, this was one of those games where nothing was going right for the Bills or the Dolphins, but the Bills have the better players. You have Josh Allen, you have Stephon Diggs, and they made the big plays at the end of the game. Um, this was one. Of, this was a bad game for the Bills, and this is honestly, damn, the Dolphins are one and seven. Oh, <laughs> damn, I didn't know that. But uh, yeah, nothing went right for the Bills, and they still won. Uh, so shout out to the Bills. The, the the Patriots beat the Chargers twenty seven to twenty four. This was I don't know what it is, man. But ju- uh, Justin Herbert is having them games, man. It's like there's some games where he is damn near unstoppable. Like he was really good against, even though they did lose, they were he was good against the Cowboys. Uh, Justin, I mean Justin Herbert has you know. He's having them games. Either he's just unstoppable or he is garbage. Like, he was garbage against the Ravens. He was garbage against the Patriots. I know he had a pick six. Like, the char- the Chargers should have won that game. And Mac Jones did just enough not to lose the game. Uh, he looks like he's getting better just slightly game after game after game. But, yeah, man, this was on – the Chargers just couldn't get nothing right. Uh, and or couldn't get really much going after that pick six was huge. It was just kind of you know it, it kind of playing catch up at that point. So the Seahawks uh, beat the Jaguars thirty one to seven. The Seahawks finally got off their winning or their losing skid. Don't think that this changed anything. I mean, it's still still Geno Smith, and they only play the Jaguars. It's one and six right now, but DK had a good touchdown. You know, so yeah. The Broncos beat the Washington football team 17 to 10. I'm not. I, I'm going you're gonna hear it today. I'm not going to waste my time on really going in depth. Now, if I if I mess up my 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 plea, then hey, it is what it is. I'm not gonna continue to waste my time talking about the Washington football team. Because we know they're the problems that you know what? I'm gonna say it. Mm. Just forget what I just said. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Um, at what point do we have to start looking at Ron Rivera? I understand what he went through with uh, cancer. Um, I understand the moxie that he has. But at what point do we start looking at Ron Rivera and that coaching staff? Because don't, don't go wrong. It's not just Ron Rivera and the coaching staff. But at what point do we start looking at them as, and, and really have to start questioning what we're seeing? Because outside of Taylor Heineke not being a starting quarterback, the offense is predictable. The defense has drastically underachieved from last year with the same players. At what point do we start looking at the coaching staff? Like, I don't know if they're not getting toward to the players. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they're they're executing what their game plan is. It's just not a good game plan. I don't know. But there should be no reason that Washington looked as bad as they look. There there should be no reason this team don't get me wrong. This team would be better, but wouldn't be that much better if Ryan Fitzpatrick was their quarterback. Do not get it confused. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the answer. They probably would be better than two and six. Don't get me wrong, but they wouldn't be that good. 
which is why I said you should go get Cam Newton, but they already dead at that. So the Broncos are not good. Their defense is straight, but they're not that good. You have Melvin Gordon look like old AB, AP. Oh, you had Judy looking like old AB. And and that's no disrespect to Judy or Melvin Gordon. I'm just saying. But shout out to the Broncos. Uh, the Saints beat the Bucks 36 to 27. Uh, Brady did not have a Brady did not have a good game. I mean, he had a pick six at the end of the game. Uh, Marcus Lattimore was pretty much he pretty much neutralized Mike Evans. It wasn't a good game for the Broncos. Uh, or not Broncos for the Buccaneers. Uh, no, nothing went right. Nothing went right, and 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 you let Taste or Trevor Simeon. Because I thought once Jameis Winston was out, oh, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. But no, Trevor Simeon, you know, did what he was supposed to do. Uh, and Tom Brady had a really bad game. I'm putting a lot of this on Tom Brady. He he didn't, I mean, he was humming in the first half, but he didn't really do much in the second. And the defense didn't do much at all, honestly. So and it was a good win for the Saints. Even even though they did lose their quarterback, it was a big win for the Saints, beating a, uh, the reigning champion. So, shout out to the Saints. The the Cowboys beat the Vikings twenty to sixteen. The Vikings suck, bro. You have it's either the Vikings suck or the Cowboys are just that good. I think it's a little bit of both. But you're going against a backup quarterback in Cooper Rush. And you lose that. And you're playing at home. And you lose that game. Man, you know what? I'm starting to understand it, man. Kirk Cousins is fooling y'all, man. Because he's putting up a lot of good numbers. I think he's like 71 completion percentage. Like, he's putting up a lot of good numbers. But if you really look, he's not throwing the ball downfield. You have Adam Thielen. You have... Justin Jefferson, he's he's doing little ten yard passes, seven yard passes, eight yard passes, and they're going for long. He might throw the ball down the field maybe once or twice in the game, but he doesn't throw the ball down the field. So of course your completion percentage is going to be high when you're throwing it to a, a seven yard slant. And there should be no reason that you're going against Cooper Cup, or no Cooper Rush. I'm sorry, Cooper Rush, and you lose that game. And on the Cowboys side, man. This is a Super Bowl contending team. Zeke, uh, Amari Cooper had a big catch. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, like, this is a good team. On defense, Michael Parsons probably is running away with the rookie defensive player of the year. So, this team is good. Trayvon Diggs may possibly be the, they might have the defensive rookie of the year and the defensive player of the year in Trayvon Diggs. So, the Cowboys is a real team, man, and the, the Vikings, bro, Jesus, you, you're going against a backup quarterback at home, and you lose. It's That's a bad loss. That's a bad loss for the Vikings. Bad loss. And the can- Monday Night Football, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Giants 20-17. to um, The Kansas City Chiefs don't look anywhere close to better. Don't like you can't look at you can't what we saw on Monday Night Football. You can't look at that and think, oh, the the Chiefs have 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 
have put it together. Understand that you're on the winning side now, uh, or you're under 500. You're at 500. But mm, the Chiefs look bad, man. And it, it goes back to the defense is god awful. Their defense is horrible. Swanson is getting destroyed. Like their defense is bad. Patrick Mahomes is, is overdoing it. Uh, there are a lot of times, like last night or like Monday Night Football, where the pass will hit the receiver smooth in the hand. I think it hit Josh Gordon's hands. Hit smooth in the hand. It bounce up. Get the interception. That's happened. That's happened what twice I believe. With now, yeah, that's happened twice with Tyree Kill and once. Travis Kelsey had had probably one of the worst games I've seen where he fumbled it and had like maybe two or three or four catches maybe it was it was not good it was bad all around just bad all around and the only reason why they won is because the Giants and Daniel Jones is not good if they played any other team they would have got destroyed the 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 Chiefs the Giants aren't that good. You have stupid penalties. You have Daniel Jones doing the two things at the end of the game that you cannot do. You got sacked. The next play, you fumble. So the Chiefs have one, well, have a couple good defenders, but that's it. They have Clark, they have Jones, and they have Tyron Matthew. Everyone else is garbage. So the Chiefs should not feel good. The Chiefs should feel good that they're not under 500 anymore. They're at 500 and 4 and 4, but they should not feel good about where they are at the organization right now because just because they beat the Giants, there there's still a lot that needs to be fixed, like a lot. So, yeah. But let's let's that, that's my week 8 breakdown. Let me know what you saw. Let me know how you feel and we'll talk about it. But yeah. Moving forward, so the NBA city jerseys came out, and I'm not gonna sit on this for long. Uh, you know, I, the NBA. I think the city jerseys is like the most bold that the, the NBA does. Like I know that's pretty much the boldest jerseys that they do. Uh, Nike does it, and every year they they unveil it. And th- there were some really good ones, man. There were some ones that were boring as hell. Like I think the New Orleans Pelicans jumps was like boring. Uh. The Celtics jump was boring. I didn't really, I didn't really like the. I don't know why the Orlando Magic keep doing the orange. I don't know why. Utah has the same one from last year. The 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 um, Phoenix Suns have the same one from last year. But there were some that were really good. Like the the Atlanta Hawks was great. I like the Wizards, even though I think the Wizards could have been better. They went back to the Sam. Oh uh, no, the West Unsell days with the with the blue and red the the bullish days. I think they should have went back to the Gilbert Arenas and the, the, the Navy Blue jump, but, you know. Uh, the Nets jump looks really good. Charlotte looks good. Denver looks really good. The the, the Timberwolves might have the best one. Um, Toronto, how they mix the OVO jump with the O one is good. Even though it was very simple, I love the Chicago Bulls one. Like, I think they did a really good job. Houston has an incredible one. I think they really did. I did. I think they did a good job. If I had to do a top five off the top of my head, I'd probably say um, Atlanta, Houston, um, the Nets. Uh, I'll probably say the Bucks, and I might go with the either the Sixers or the Bulls. I'm going to go with the Sixers. 
I like that jump. The little old fashioned. I like it. I like it. Though but hey, let me know what your favorites are. So and there you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Again, man, it's getting cold out there, man. It's getting cold. The weather is starting to get low. So go get your unpopular podcast hoodie, sweatshirt, long sleeve, joggers. The link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Again, it is getting cold. So get your unpopular. It's, it's, the hoodies are very comfortable. Go get your unpopular podcast merch. Also, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please subscribe wherever you're listening. Like, share. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend i'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers on youtube and i'm just trying to grow i'm trying to grow you know what i mean i'm trying to grow and expand so please join the team but i appreciate you guys i love you guys and until next time much love
Money conversations, check my phone, sway. How about Doja Cubana, Chanel, Munch, great. Supermodel, her body gon' be my entree. I've been running with hitters, my youngest gunch like Cause of the day, brand new rave. My life circle, minds ain't straight, bills ain't late, pay no notes.